I'm Natalia Loback, and this is Change Course. The Transformation Office. Okay, I'll admit, this is probably one of the most boring episode titles that I'm going to put out there on this podcast, but it's kind of important stuff. So forgive me for that, and I hope that this will help you understand a little bit more about how transformation actually works inside organizations. I talked about the transformation office a couple episodes ago when I talked about mergers and acquisitions. So the episode title there is on mergers and acquisitions. So if you haven't listened to that one, I would suggest you go back and give it a listen because I break down the roles and the functions pertaining to organizational change in a transformation office in that context. When you're looking at a large enterprise change, like a merger, acquisition, reorg, or divestment, or you're looking at a digital transformation, so adoption of technology at an enterprise level, you need somebody who is responsible for and taking care of that transformation. I talked about the transformation office in the context of mergers and acquisitions and who leads it and where it's set up and how that works. It's a little bit different when we get into technology transformation. And the reason is because technology transformation often sits under the domain of your CTO or your CIO. So that would be a chief technology officer or chief information officer. So, um, The role title might be different depending on your organization, but often the function uh, of technology adoption for business-led functions, so business-led technology, is a partnership between your technology domain and executive and your business executive. You still need people though, to help you with this transformation. Sometimes in technology organizations, you will have a project management office or you will have a transformation office um, already embedded or baked into that structure. So this is sometimes a huge benefit because you've already got that structure. You've got people in that role who understand how to do it. Uh, You know, they're doing these successive changes Um, They're really on top of their stuff. So in terms of technology transformation, there are a lot more people out there with those types of skills. But again, it's very similar and I'll break it down. You will have a project lead or a project director. Sometimes this is going to be your PMO director. Sometimes it'll be an actual PM or project manager. Um, You're definitely going to have a project manager with technology PMing skills. So again, This is a specific skill set. You're going to have a change manager and your change manager and project manager are going to be working very closely together. Project management will drive vendor accountability and vendor relationship. Often when you're looking at software as a service, you're bringing somebody in who is going to help you implement it. 
Um, there are lots of different ways to do this. Some are better than others. Not going to get into that. Uh, I've seen some really great ones and I've seen some really difficult ones. You need a project manager to derive that accountability because you can very quickly run out of runway. You can run out of money. Um, there's a lot of ways you need a project manager in there to help you manage the risk around this type of implementation and risk specifically being enterprise or organizational risk as well as, you know, budget, uh, timeline, that kind of stuff. So you need a good project manager. You also need a really good change manager and the change manager is going to be responsible for looking at your process changes because technology change is process driven. So you need somebody who's got really good process skills. You might want to get like a process specialist or process re-engineering specialist in there to help you around lifting some of these processes into the technology and also helping you to identify some of these pain or inflection points. Furthermore, being able to look at best practice and how things are done in industries or organizations similar to yours that can then help make sure uh, that this is done really efficiently. It's almost like it's a translation role between some of the more technology focused people who will be on the vendor side and the people who are actually doing the work every day and the ones who are going to have to use this product at the end of the day. So there's a translation role and a translation capability that happens in between um, your business people and your vendor or your implementation partner or the people who are really involved in the nuts and bolts of that technology. You've got to be able to translate between those two. And I've found in my experience that vendors aren't very good at this. And um, the folks who are on the ground doing their job, sometimes because it's the first time they've experienced this type of change, don't really know how to be good at that. They haven't had experience. They don't know what good looks like. And so they do need some help in order to be able to make sure that the technology configuration and the new processes meet their needs. So change management, you're going to have this process function that's going to come under that as well. You're also going to have the communications piece and the training. And again, content of the communication and what needs to be said and how it needs to be said, coaching of your executives, making sure that you've got the right messaging at the right times and it's coming from the right places, training in that manager component around understanding what they should be saying and when and some of the functional pieces around what's happening and when and how, etc., uh, as well as how to make sure that they are playing a strongly changed leadership role. The training is another piece, and again, really important to sit between change and project management here, because the content of the training and how you're actually talking about how people's function and roles and the work is going to change, how they're doing it is going to change, um, and what that means to people and how you've really got to focus in on that and help people learn so that they can adopt and apply the new skill or the new process. That's really what the training focus is here. And um, 
Importantly, it's got to be functionally driven. So you can't just set your entire organization in a room for a day to do it. It doesn't work that way. Um, And there's a lot of really cool and creative ways to do training these days. Um, And a lot of tools that are now available that weren't even just a few years ago. So this is an area of great innovation and something that I'm personally quite passionate about. Um, I've seen training go really well. I've also seen it go poorly. I would recommend for any organization, make sure you've got somebody involved in that inside your organization. Don't depend on a vendor to do it. Um, They'll just deliver the training they deliver to everyone, which isn't customized and really doesn't understand your people and your organization and your unique circumstances. So you need to have somebody on the inside helping you with that. It's really, really important and it'll make it more successful. Don't expect the vendor to do it. Generally, that's where I've seen some very poor execution of training. So training around who needs what and the content and actually building that um, falls under change management inside a technology transformation. You can have a training specialist as well, but generally the functions is under, under change You are going to work closely with the project manager, though, around execution, because, of course, training plays an important role in the overall execution pathway of the initiative. And so it is a critical point and it's a critical deliverable that needs to be done before you implement. Very important. So again, you can see how the role of change manager and project manager really do fit into lockstep. Um, The last piece I want to mention is you do have that communication piece and you do have that training piece in a technology transformation. You need to pay more attention to training. Typically in digital transformation, you might have org changes that happen after uh, technology is implemented or as a result of technology implementation. But it's not always the focus. And typically those two things aren't happening at the same time. So where you're looking at roles and functions and org structure, um, that is actually not as much of a focus in tech transformation as it is in organizational transformation. So where I mentioned in the episode on acquisition, on merger and acquisition, that you might need an architect into that role in a digital transformation. You don't need that skill as much and you may not need it at all, but you will need to focus on the communications and training. Those are the critical inflection points for this type of change. And again, where your transformation office sits and how it functions is going to depend upon the size of your organization, the size of that implementation, and the business partners that you're working with. So there's transformation office in a nutshell. What they are responsible for is planning and executing and delivering on that transformation. So what the heck is the transformation office actually doing? Well, Like I said, they're responsible for making that change happen. When I break down how change happens and how we deliver this at Chart House using the connected change model is that we break it down into four distinct phases. 
Assess, design, transform, and sustain. There are four of them for a very specific reason. Other change models talk about the before times, the change, and the result of that change, right? They'll break it down into three. We talk about four because there is a component of the actual doing of the change or the actual implementation piece, but there are also steps quite a lot of steps that happen before that. And then there's actually a body of work that happens after that as well. Many of the other methodologies out there just focus on the middle. But if you just focus on the middle, you're going to run into a number of issues. So assess, design, transform, and sustain. Assess is the very first stage of change in our model. So What are you doing in this phase? Well, you're figuring out the context for that change. You can start assess at the point at which you determine or decide that a change is needed. When you're actually making the decision or you have made the decision to change, this is where the bulk of the work begins. So let's say a big organizational change has been leveled to the board and the leadership of the organization and the change has been approved. So you are going to go down that pathway of change. The first thing that you are going to do is assess the context of the change. So really understand what it is that you're doing and why. Understand how that change is going to benefit the organization and the people who are involved in it. This is where you're going to dig deep into the organizational system and really understand your context. This is where we take the five elements of connected change and evaluate and understand them. When you introduce change into an organizational system, lots of different things shift. And so understanding the context of today, but then also understanding the context of how things are shifting because we've introduced the prospect of change is really, really important. This is where you're also going to understand who are the people that are going to be impacted or affected by this change and how do we start to understand them and why they're going to be impacted. We're also going to start looking at areas of resistance. So I talked a lot about systemic resistance in previous episodes. So you're not just looking at like, you know, what people are resisting your change, but also you're looking at how does the system prevent us from changing? How does the organization that we've built prevent us from changing? And what are some of those points of conflict where this change is really going to create friction with our organizational culture? The last piece is really understanding how you're setting up that structure for accountability and delivery of the change. So whether that's the transformation office or some other structure that you're putting in place to create that accountability, this structure is in place during the change and it ends after you exit the sustain phase. So this is the point at which you're setting all of that up, the governance, 
uh, the structure to manage your change and make sure it's executed properly at a broad organizational level. In a smaller organization, it may just be formalizing a role as a change leader, formalizing that additional piece that now you are responsible for. The next piece is design. The next stage. This is where we're starting to prepare for that change. This is where we're looking at what are we actually changing in this organization? If you're looking at an org change, you're looking at the operating model, you're looking at the structure, you're looking at the functions, and you're looking at the rules, and you're designing the target operating model that you are going to be moving to. In a technology or digital transformation, you are looking at the technology supported or driven processes that you are going to be putting into your organization. You are looking at how those processes and those functions align with your current operating model and also with the value stream of your company and the functions and the processes that are being delivered at the functional levels in your organizational structure. So you're not necessarily looking at job changes here, but you are looking at process and how people work changes. And you're designing those. You're really getting into understanding what those are and what are the tangible changes that you are going to be making. This is where you get into your training needs if this is a change around how people work. So you're going to figure out what those needs are based on your groups of people, your stakeholders, and also the design. Uh, So you're going to start designing what that's going to look like. Do you need a provider to come in and help you with that? Do you need, um, you know, some tools and specific things to help you deliver that to people? How are you going to make sure that there's accountability built into that? Lots of great questions in this area. You're also going to be working on some visioning pieces around describing and understanding the future. And this is going to help put into place those communication, that baseline for those communications and key messages. Communication, of course, with any change needs to start early and it needs to start often. I have a recent article that I wrote about communication. Uh, You can find it on the site and um, it's a really good one that breaks down the different components of that. Um, We're also giving away a communication plan template if you sign up for the Change Navigator newsletter in November, so don't miss that. And um, in the design phase, you're getting into these communications and you're actually starting, in some cases, to execute at the end of the design phase. This is where you're starting to talk about early change. This is where you're starting to talk about what is it that we're changing? What is that going to look like? Let's talk about our vision for the future. Early communications. And then lastly, importantly, starting to bring people along the journey of their role and change. So what do they need to do? What are they accountable for? And how are they helping and supporting you? The third phase, this is where we get into the action. Transform. We are changing. This is a go live date. And what happens immediately afterwards? This is... Um, you know, your transition date, the date of the new organization. Um, However you want to talk about that. So 
around this transition date, around this change, this date, this deadline, you have pre-activities and you have post-activities. The pre-activities are ramping up your communications, your training, um, the testing, whatever else you're doing before you actually go through the change process. And then the second piece is actually the execution of that. So what are the cascading events that are happening in order to make that change actually come to life? So this is like heavy project management and heavy change management that happens in here. But you're looking at your communications, your training, managing resistance, identifying problems and solving them, and also looking at the emotional responses that you're going to get and are going to occur because change is happening. The last one is sustain. So after you've gone through that disruptive and stressful change process, and let's be honest, change is disruptive. Um, It can be very stressful. Good change management and a good process helps it be less so, but there will be experiences of stress and there will be negative emotions that happen. If you have a good plan in place, you can help to move through those, but it would be irresponsible of me to say that you won't face that at all. You will face that. So you need to be ready. As you're moving into sustain, this is where you've moved out of some of those negative responses. You've moved into a more neutral territory and you're still looking at how are you managing down resistance, areas of resistance? What are the things that you're changing in terms of your communication? How are you weaving together those five elements of connected change into your new world? What does this actually look like? Is there anything you need to adjust? Are you integrating your history through stories? How are you talking about change now? How does that change? And how are you identifying and solving problems as you're moving into stabilization, as you're moving into a place where change is the, and this is such an overused phrase, but change is the new normal. Stabilization. After this phase is finished, then... The people who are helping you with this are really finished. They're done. Um, If you're looking at a more formal structure, this is the point at which you shut down that transformation office and you move on. Um, This is the point, the end point of that investment. So managing through those four stages is really how change happens and how you execute change in organizational transformation or digital transformation. So again, the four stages are assess, design, transform, and sustain. Assess is understanding our context, our change context. Design is preparing for change. Transform is change in action. You're getting into it. You're doing it. You're delivering. It's the culmination of all of the work. It is the execution and the excitement around the actual change And then last is sustain. And this is really around making it stick, embedding this into the organization and making this the new normal. I hope this was helpful. We are going to be offering a number of these resources and some training at connectedchange.com in the coming months. So keep an eye out there. Make sure you sign up for the newsletter so you don't miss anything. 
And I hope that this was helpful in helping you understand from an organizational perspective and that high level perspective on how change actually happens in an organizational setting. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, I invite you to like, share, rate, and subscribe because it helps others find us. Change Course is brought to you by Charthouse Advisory Services and ConnectedChange.com. Our music is Levity by Emily Clausen. Show notes have moved. We're now at ConnectedChange.com. So visit us there under the Change Course podcast page, and you'll find a list of all the resources that I've mentioned here today. While you're visiting us, sign up for the Change Navigator newsletter. You'll keep on top of all things change. And every month we are sharing exclusive content and resources only with our subscribers. So don't miss out. Sign up at connectedchange.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's never too late to change course.